Welcome to another West March Guys podcast. I'm JT. I'm Joe. I'm AJ. And I'm John. And today we're really going to break into our prep sessions and how we get started. And uh, we're going to kind of break it down where we got started and what we learned along the way. I'm just going to kind of dive right in and we're going to just talk about what we do. This is more for, you know, not so much the overarching, but as so much as the specific episode planning. And I like to start off by just sitting down and typing. I, I, I open up a Word document or something blank sheet and think about what it is they've been doing, where they want to go, and what they want to accomplish. And this comes from a plethora of different areas. Most of them are my co-DMs. And you can ask any one of them how many times I've called them up going, I'm not sure what I need to do. Help me out with an encounter. I mean, literally, it has to be it. Most of my sessions have been that way. And I enjoy it. And I think they enjoy it too because it helps – create a more cohesive environment. And, you know, I want to just hand it off to my next DM, Joe, and he's going to kind of break into his method of research. So it's funny. I am probably the exact opposite for being related to JT. I don't write anything down. I think about it for like four or five days and let it just like brew in my brain. And like, I'll think about it at lunch at work. I'll think about it like when I'm walking my dog and just let it like whatever. And usually there'll be something that I'll kind of like hang on to and be like, Oh, that's a good idea. And then like, what can I do to expand that? And then like, eventually once it's all kind of jumbled around in my head, then I'll finally like sit down and like really type it out and let it go and just kind of like try and get it all in at once. And then once that's done, then I look at it and go, wow, that's a mess. And then I try and fix it. <laughs> Well, you know me, uh, it wouldn't be AJ unless it was massively already world built. Um, I, where I like to start is I keep a running document of kind of a recap of where we left off. I like Joe, uh, when I'm at work and not working, I like to jump on to a shared, like, you know, a, an email that I keep sending to myself where I'll just recap the session. It doesn't have to be detailed. Just, you know, if they met an NPC write it down. If they went so like, where did they leave off? What did they do? Who did they piss off? That kind of stuff. Just because it'll make it easier for you to like, when you pick back up to plan the next sessions, because, okay, perfect. I already know where they left off. And I already know all of that information because it's right there. The next thing is I already have like, I mean, I'm with my uh, local campaign. I've already kind of plotted out uh, the overarching plot lines for my in, each of my individual players. And I kind of just refer back to that where they are in the story. So like, you know, if they're near a, a town or something like that, that is a like an NPC's background or something like that. It, it's for me, I like to do all of the work beforehand and then just like it makes session planning a lot easier. I'm, I'm everywhere in both. Um, mine solely relies usually on downtime how long has passed since the last session? It's been one week or two weeks. Um, I also really look at what did they do during it? Can I use this to my advantage? And how can I, this is what we're going to do this week rather than the plot that I wanted to do. Um, <laughs> it's just like, if did somebody gamble and now there's a complication and you have to go rescue them from prison or, you know, uh, a would be loan shark that, you know, captured them. That's what we're doing this week, guys. 
but really from there, it's the prep work is, as Joe said, I, I'll be at work and I'll be just on the machine. And all of a sudden it's just like, I really want them to go into a water dungeon. How can I get them to do that? And then I progress and progress and progress and write the story. And that's the lead in and, you know, looking through the notes as to, well, this is what they did last week. How can I get them there? And, and just following that through as far as the setup, mine's, mine's usually easy. I just throw it all together and then that that's what you're doing. But it, it really relies on what the players expect that next week. And I have the online aspect to where I can just post it to Facebook and say, this is what you're doing next week. Be prepared. One thing that we all kind of brought to the table, and that's notes. Yeah. Um, especially to begin <laughs> with, you know, you start writing things down. Write it all down. Just document. It doesn't matter if you do it by hand or, or leave a notepad or, or get the highlights, but write it down because going back and rereading your notes later on is everything. I mean, we talk about the encyclopedia as we go, but even my own, I'm looking at a session when they got the boat. I mean, this has got to be from two years ago and I have it literally every encounter kind of broken down. I still have exactly how much the, go, the ship costs and how fast it can go that's already built and at my disposal. I brought it up countless times every time they, they ask me, hey, how fast is the ship can go? It's already written down. So, you know, just, just write things down. This launches us into our next step, which of course is going to be my brother's favorite, combat and how we make combat. I... I'm just going to put a little bit of uh, my own wisdom out there. Always up the CR rating. Everything should be deadly as far as I'm concerned. Always. Always. Um, CR is a joke. It's never uh, not deadly. <laughs> I mean, we. I always up it. We, we'll talk about how we pick our monsters. I mean, part of my favorite part of session planning is sitting down with the monster manual and going, hmm, what kind of monster would be here? What kind of monster do I like? And just reading through the different uh, aspects and, and seeing what it is I want to try on them. And I'll be honest with you. Part of my monster creation comes from how, what did they get away with in the last fight that I could try to mitigate in this fight? Are they always getting stunned? Are they always counterspelling? Like maybe next time they fight somebody, there's going to be a couple archmages that can counterspell their counterspell. They weren't expecting that. So I, I feel like encounterability should be up to fun. And, you know, you can always tone it back during the fight. If, if something's really starting to destroy all your players and that's not what it's fun about, you know, it's no one's going to know that you drop the HP a little bit so that they can kill them a little bit quicker and not destroy everything but uh, i know joe has a good combat setting and uh he'd like to get into his cr rating aspect i hate the cr no it's a, it's a really good guideline but it's about it like you just at its core it's like okay so if it's a cr1 a cr2 is stronger and a cr3 is stronger than that after that it's just you can kind of dial it in where you're like oh they're level three cr3 yeah sure close yeah that's it. like if they're level three and you're throwing a cr20 you're probably doing it wrong. but for me my when i'm like digging into creatures i'm usually trying to think of where are the players and then trying to figure out what would be in that area for them to fight and it could be i could go the other way where it's i want them to fight this and this only exists in the underdark so we're going on the adventure of the underdark and i the same way as jt i like i'll just sit with the monster manual i think that was my favorite thing to do when i was like first dming was just sit and read all of the like monster descriptions it's probably my most worn out book it's got stains all over it from like leaving pages open and spilling things on it and yeah what kind of stains Oh, coffee, soda, water. There's one stain in it that managed to stick the two pages together, and I don't have an axe beak <laughs> thing anymore. So it's, yeah. Like, Is this why it jumps straight from succulent to succu- not succubus? Yeah, exactly. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Like, it just... That's me and my monsters. I, I am also like Joe in the the aspect that 
I look at where they're going to travel first. Just a couple ex- examples. Like, are they going to enter a war zone? Are they, what area are they in where they could, could they be ambushed? Are they hunted? Are they, is, are they just in a naturally conflict like centered area or like, are they looking for a fight? I mean, that's a lot of the times you got murder hobos or, you know, you want to go kill a dragon. So like, you know, sometimes you're just looking for it. I am a little opposite of uh, Joe and JT mainly because I don't have any of the source material. So I never really like thumb through the monster mail, but every time I would come over, I'd, I'd poke through it. And it seriously, like I was, just you don't remember. own one. I don't own one. <laughs> <laughs> I like You've been DMing I, for how many years? Like two. <laughs> and like John, now I'm to the point of where I'm just not going to do it because like might as well keep it going. <laughs> but I do remember every time I'd come over, it's like you open it up and there's a new monster you never even heard of doing things that you're like, oh, that I could plan an entire session around that. And it's, for, but for me, it's mainly what is realistic to the setting they're in. If, you know, if it's cold, have them fight a Yeti, this, that, the other thing. Just because I, I like to stress the I like the immersive part of uh, D&D like in role playing. So I like the aspect of making it all seem like a pretty cohesive thing. I think I have it pretty easy, at least for monster creation. Ravnica really breaks it down into guilds and the monsters that would be associated with them. So mine is typically, all right, what guild are we pissing off today? And what would we fight there? And it breaks it down by challenge rating. So uh, the party's a level three, and you know, I can throw a couple level ones that associated with the Golgaria would be some imps and some undead. If I want to give you a level three CR, a CR three, you know, it would be something like a priest, uh, things like that. As far as planning, like what monsters they fight, that's how I usually do it. And I'll throw a CR three at them. And I've seen that a CR three will wipe the entire party. So it's, and I've seen a bunch of smaller things will overrun the entire party. Uh, for me, it's, I also have the disadvantage of running two groups which kind of they've been static lately but they also interchange and one of the groups was solely all spellcasters so if you throw a bunch of really quick dps things at them they're all going to die when they play i'll throw a big tanky thing that they can all attack and it only attacks one person each round so they can all kind of survive other than that it's that's that's really my like like i'll touch on what jt said planning on like did they dispel the last creatures all right i might need to put something that can't be dispelled in this one did they banish the big guy this time <laughs> no this guy is not banishable things like that i like it i like keeping it keeping them on their toes so well, and it just gets you, you get sick of it because it's like if you like <laughs> it's like okay cool you counterspelled everything like uh, this isn't fun for me anymore so it's oh, just stunned, like yeah. i'm stunned again yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> sun lighting resistance i the, i the first campaign i ever ran like they had figured out how to like like pin baddies so their movement was zero and then they person and then they couldn't get up and then it was just like basically they would pin it and then hold person it and then just beat it to death. And it was just like, okay, fine. This can't be stunned or this can't be knocked prone. Like it's flying. It's above you. You can't touch it. Like <laughs> lessons learned. I find it funnier that all the creatures, all the players in one of the campaigns I'm doing, I'll do fire damage. And the first <laughs> dungeon they went into was all plant life. So it's like, <laughs> well, guess what's going to happen eventually when you guys go up against something that's immune to fire. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, they won't be ready for it. That's what, what do you mean? It's not gonna, I can't burn it. Yeah. Oh, it healed. How much was that? It healed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then, of course, we all know the wonderful worlds of legendary resistances. Yes, right. Everything can have some. Yeah, we were just <laughs> bitching about those. 
That's how you so, make uh, it as boss. <laughs> you add legendary resistance. <laughs> I think we're going to get into roleplay next, which is something I want to talk about because it's hard to prep roleplay, especially when you have players who may not be into it. Luckily for us, lots of our players are very much into roleplay. So we're blessed with they, they can... I, I mean, I've had sessions where I didn't almost didn't play anything and they just talked for an hour or so. But trying to implement that into your session building, I found a few tricks that work for me. One... I never give any one NPC all the information ever. They have to go gather it. They might not know something. Or two, everybody they ask is giving them the wrong information. So, okay, yeah, you're asking about this. I have no idea. I'm going to this. You know, it forces them to do more interactions. It's going to kind of touch on NPCs. We're going to break that into a new section. But, you know, more focused on giving the players an opportunity to break down what is happening around them and talk to each other about what they did, where they came from, and what they're going to do next. I know we do a lot with downtime, but we don't really stress doing downtime together too much. But it's always nice when you see two people come back to the table and say, uh, excuse me, can I talk something out that's been happening with this player? And we can they can sit down and role play a, a, a session. And usually that sparks everybody wanting to talk. I am so bad with role play. This is probably why I don't do it as much. Yeah. I know. It's just, everyone here knows. It's I, it's not bad, but you know, you just like combat. No big deal. It's just it, a different DM style. I for me, which is play, good. Yeah, simple is better. Like I like to let the players lead the story. If they want something, they need to interact with people. I always try and have people in my pocket that they might interact with, and that's probably the most I'll do. Is I'll try and figure out. And I know JT said we're going to kind of touch on NPCs later, but it's one of those things that that's probably the most NPC folk or most role play focus I get is in the NPCs rather than what they're going to say. And then I just you kind of go hand in hand, really. If I have NPCs, they have motivations. And if I can do that, if I can have a bunch of NPCs that have motivations, then I just I run with that. And then depending on how the players interact with it, it's like kind of where it goes. I'm very loosey-goosey with it. Sometimes it helps, sometimes it hurts. Uh, yeah, I build everything and everything is already made. And uh, I have notes upon notes upon notes. Um, for RP specific, my one advice would just be get into it. If you want to see it at the table... I know that like you don't have to do it, but like what I found a lot of success with success with is like if you're doing the stupid voices and you're and like you're getting into it and you're and you're kind of already like biting in and like drinking the Kool-Aid, your players are going to be more inclined to maybe try a voice or maybe or just get sucked into it because you're pouring so much of your energy into it. That's the only thing I would say is like, but you don't have to do it if you don't want to. But if you're trying to encourage at the table, I've just found success with just just going for it. Who cares? You're already playing D and D. Who cares if you do a stupid little cabin voice? You know, like it's just it's I don't know. Get into it, and your players will love it. Love it. Um, yeah, I'm. We all know that I'm highly role play uh, combat's the lesser of my forms, and it's funny because I'll do voices. I'll set up the player. I'll set up. Uh, you know, NPCs that we'll talk about later. But if an NPC has an actual accent or a specific voice it's usually a trigger of talk to this person. They're important. And then it's funnier when, you know, you just have a random shopkeep and it's just John's voice talking. And then one of your player goes, so where are you from? And now you have to just quickly think of a backstory and like, uh, oh, okay, uh, yeah, uh, and go from there. As far as role play with my players, I have players that, you know, continuously ask me not in the game and that they're, they're writing long, lucrative and just explicit stories about their character that we're working out. And it's like, yeah, cool. As long as you don't get no in-game benefit, you can role play as much as you want with it. You know, I'll give you some characters to throw at which we can develop later in the game. Um, but so nice when they're so open with you. Yeah. It's just the idea that 
as as AJ said, you're already in. You're, you're already sipping the Kool Aid. Do the voices. I did the session with five different voices in a specific room, and it that that was it. There's nothing past that. What is having some personality like? <laughs> oh, the first time I did a council meeting. Uh, I'd like stop I, halfway I, through. I, was I like, remember that saying, you, you apologized before and I thought you nailed it. <laughs> it was hard. It was hard talking to yourself. <laughs> Did you? Like okay. And I, I, I have a question. When you do something like that, like I personally will write down like, it's like, okay, this and talking this points, thing. but I mean, well, no, no, I'm talking about accents. Like I'm like, okay, this, Oh God, this dude, accent, I'm the worst. Like, <laughs> I'm the worst. I can never remember an accent. I love doing <laughs> yeah, it, but I just I feel bad. I have so, so much ADD, man. You're lucky yeah. if I do anything. They're all going to sound the same. It depends <laughs> on the night. You got this. We're all British it. tonight. <laughs> I mean, that kind of bleeds into our NPCs and, and how we build them. I, I mean, <laughs> I I write it down. Keep a list. I mean, I mean, we make fun of AJ, but if he didn't write a bunch down, I would have to write a bunch down. It's not like we wouldn't have to have a bunch. You need someone that they're looking for. You need someone. I mean, just names to fall back on. I, I you know, and realistically anybody can be anywhere like okay so he's the king of the castle why isn't he in a tavern i mean you don't know but you know look at striker with lord of the rings i also like to say always be prepared i mean you gotta realize that you can make the most beautiful enchanted princess at the altar that they walk into and they'll be like where's the janitor so just be ready for that (laughs) it's gonna it's coming and you know if you let him rock i mean maybe why not who cares who they talk to as long as they're interacting and role-playing yeah, I need to actually get back into the habit. This is good because I need to get back in the habit of. I think it was Donjon. I don't know. There's someone, some pro, some like random ge- generator out there that will do everything from like name, description. AJ, you know what it is? It is Donjon. I is use it, it okay. very frequently. It, yeah, that's. I need to go and make it. I, I had a list when I like first started, and I think I like crossed you off and showed used it to me them. once, and it's fantastic. That's what I did for the traps in our charity dungeon crawl. I just kept hitting random. Yeah. It was great. I think I did it once and I just copied and pasted my favorite one. So like, and it was just, and then you could just add motivation and like you have a description and everything and you're boom, done. And, NPCs and keeping a list go. so they can go back to the same ones yeah. in later sessions makes That's the, trick. the game feel so much more real. It, it makes intrigue when they can go back to a city and say, oh, you know, we're going to go check out our friend bartender. You know, that, I mean, there's a hook right there a hundred times over. Oh, he's gone and captured session. Yeah, uh, but we've kind of already touched on it. Um, I'm on the more crazy side where I write everything down and build it all out. So, I mean, if we're talking about NPCs, like, I mean, I ignore a lot. Sometimes they'll they'll catch me off guard and they'll like they'll want to go to like the grocery store and fuck up all the fruit, and knock it all on the floor. I'm like, well, I, I didn't have like I didn't have a little girl who worked there, but sure, her name's Angela. And then like, it's, it just has to like come off the head. But like, I like to have the major stuff down, but I also like to like, I'll think about the session beforehand. So I look at my characters. I, it's like, okay, who would they want to talk to? Even asking your character players where they're going to go. It's like, Hey, what do you guys want to do? Sometimes you'll get the hint of like, Oh, okay. Well, if they want to go to a church, they'll have to run into a priest or a nun. And that kind of helps drive the like the amount of NPC design that you have to do for the session. But I mean, my, me personally, I love to build it, so I'll have it all ready before. Um, I'm with you. I have the I'll have the list of NPC names for the big guys and the you know the important people, and then I'll trail it down a little bit and get some randoms. I have a smaller list of just insert name here that in case somebody goes talks to a person on the street, and then what do you do? Where are you from? Where do you live? It keeps going and going and going. It's like, now I need to give them a name and a backstory. Unfortunately, I have the also of, I keep getting the people that'll talk to, like, I want to go meet somebody and I'll give them a random name. 
and then a week later I go, wait, who did you talk to? Because I, I don't remember who it was. What was the name of that Minotaur? That's, um, that's I, me. <laughs> I have I the benefit remember. of at least going through the, uh, the 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 chat log or the you know the the live feed and oh, it re- listening nice, to yeah. it. Yeah. For so me, I, if it wasn't written forward, down, it forward. never happened. <laughs> Then again, I've spent two hours listening to a, you know, to the recording and going, there it is. <laughs> it's like you just keep skipping, it, missing it. You're just like, all right, I'll find it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I always reuse the same NPCs as much as possible, so I yeah. can keep it as small of a group as possible. That's funny. It's true. It, though, it's, why not? It's funny, but then also I have a couple players that are just always creating their own NPCs. And it's just like, sure. And now I have to remember this person. I mean, I have can notes. I, can, I, can I ask you to elaborate? <laughs> I have, uh, Allie loves just writing in stories and she's just developing contacts and characters. And it's just like, I have this, uh, this Simic woman that I met and she, she really likes me. And, you know, we were walking through the streets and et cetera, et cetera. And it's just like, <laughs> I'm going to use her later. What was her name? <laughs> yeah can you can you forward me that please yeah please, yeah please submit it to me in writing <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i need a formal it's... npc request for we should hey <gasps> oh listen there's the idea, idea. <laughs> there it is <laughs> formal npc request for million dollar ideas man up with them up. here we are on the spot Hi, um, I'd like anyway to... oh, i'm gonna let's... type that down john right i'm sorry yeah, I seriously so, but if, if we're gonna learn anything write it down no, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, but then we have AJ. Uh, AJ, you know, had his surgeon and all the rest of that. Just insert NPC here that we just suddenly created. That you know, we we had to make somebody for that name and that that job occupation and that forwarding that on. It's the same way where I mean, in Ravnica, you have your contacts. You get to choose. You know, insert a person here to talk to in another guild. I usually give that to the player. Goes pick somebody. Give me a backstory and give me an idea of why you're using that person as a contact. And now I have an NPC. And it's funny to think it's just seeing some of the names. I mean, I'm kind of surprised that we don't have a, a Nick in our group just creating Badonga Dong as uh, NPC names for their contacts. It got old. They did that for years. Yeah. <laughs> they never get tired of the dicks, though. Never. Yeah. Does anybody? But yeah, as far as NPCs, that's really it. Uh, like I said, I'll, I'll put names and voices to certain ones, and those are the important ones. And on an occasion, if it's a smaller NPC that's random, I won't, and then they'll come back to it. Same way, like voices, I, I've always touched upon that. My voice always changes based upon the players. Uh, there's somebody that always does their Cockney accent, and, and all my characters turn into the Cockney accent. <laughs> it's not like we're professional BOs or anything. I, yeah. I feel that so hard. I'll be a player, and people will be talking in accents, and I'll be like, starting the time, I'll be like, what? What? This isn't me. It's, well, sometimes it's just infectious. Well, I mean, unfortunately, even the new West March is all Southern, so it's going to suck even more. Oh, yeah. We're all just going to divulge into that one Southern. Well, what you didn't know is we all got together and realized that we were all going to like do this coordinated. Yeah. Or just play it off each other. Well, I think that brings us into our last point, which is Joe's favorite point. I'm going to actually let him break this one because he's got it all set up. So, yeah, so this is Dungeons, and I'm going to kind of, I'm going to touch on the Five Room Dungeon because I use it not only for actually making dungeon dungeons, but I actually probably use it for 90% of all of my session creations because it doesn't need to be for dungeons. You don't need to use all five steps, but like it's, and I'll just kind of, I'll list it out. You probably have heard me talk about this before if you're an avid listener, but there's the entrance guardian or an entrance with a guardian is the first room, quote unquote. The second room is a puzzle or role play challenge. The third room is a trick or setback. And the fourth room is a big climax, the big baddie, whoever, like your kind of like end of the night thing. And then reward or revelation as your fifth fifth room. And like the rooms is just, 
it's it's set with a structure that you're supposed to mess with. And I don't know who came up with it, but I need to thank them. I found it searching the internet one day and you can just Google it and there's a million different things on how to work it. But like, usually for me, like the entrance guardian is you start off with something big, kind of get the night going, whether it's a big trap, a big event, like maybe the party is going and uh, an avalanche happens or a giant steps out in front of their car or a hydro pops up or if they fall through a trap and like, that's kind of what like initiates your whole thing. If it's, if you're doing it like strict dungeon, it's like they get to the door. What do they need to do to get in? Is there a guard dog? Do they need to get through like a big metal door that just won't move? And then the next step is like a puzzle or role play challenge. So if you're into role play, this is where you can fill in. If they're like thinking about like upcoming sessions, like if they're doing travel and they're moving along, you know, they run into combat and then they run into a cart that's broken and like they have to interact with them or I love puzzles. It's probably my second favorite, the puzzles and riddles next to combat. So like it's something to kind of get their brains going. You're also with this method, you're kind of giving everyone you have different players who like different things. Some players like combat, some players like role play, some players like puzzles. Like, and you're trying to kind of, t- for me, this is like I'm planning one single session. So I'm trying to touch on all of these little things to hopefully give everyone something they want. Trick or setback could be something as simple as they get to a fork in a dungeon, fork in the road. There's no sign. What do they do? Do they go left? Do they go right? One direction's correct. The other direction leads them to, a, you know, stumble into a Yeti cave or something like that something to kind of just whittle them down a little bit more if i'm in a session and it's running late usually the trick and setback goes away so i can just get right to the big climax and it's just a big fight i am always always a big fight but it could be anything it could be meeting with the council could be whatever and then the revelation of the reward they beat they beat the big they beat the dragon and they find all of the loot or like maybe they found the thing they were searching for. This is like the end of the mission. It could also be the like lead into your next session, especially if you're working in like a continuous thing. But yeah, that's it. I don't I don't know how much the other guys use it. If you guys want to pick my brain. <laughs> I'm just now learning that that is every session with you. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know that you said that before we started recording, <laughs> but like you explaining it and breaking it down, I'm just like, oh. Every session Joe's ever run. It literally is. So, so I wasn't the only one, just as he was explaining them, picturing the dungeon that we went through and the steps that were provided <laughs> and when we did the certain thing. It's not surprising <laughs> for me because when we run the double sesh, especially the first time at PAX Unplugged, when me and you sat down and ran the dungeon, you're like, hey, have you ever heard of this? I was like, what is this? You're like, this is my dungeon. You're like, laid it out for me. We built it. Ever since then, I'm like, all right, I get it. <laughs> what you see it was. Yeah, oh, I mean, right? It's so efficient. It's just so it, efficient, especially because I'm trying, it's, especially in like the Westmarch setting, you're kind of trying to make one-offs, give or take. So like, it's just little compartments. When you I know. built my big dungeons, it was, it was tricky, you know, keeping them in the same spot overnight. But something I learned was don't be so hard on distances, I think, in dungeons between rooms. I mean, anything can happen at any point. Don't be so hard on the layout. That's kind of my big thing that I learned. Like, I was always so strict on where they were and backtracking, but it can be more fluid than that. It doesn't have to be so black and white. Um, at least in his, uh, the five dungeon system, it's even in LARP, to me, that sounds like modular dungeon. It's just a single room that once you're done in that room, you step out for a minute and then they reload the room and here's room two. And then, oh, look at this. It's, we've ran into those. And it's just funny to realize that that's how it goes, like the, the five dungeons, the five room system. In terms of me commenting on dungeons, I, I do. I have a couple of things just with the online senses, drawing up the maps. 
trying to figure out where you get them. Um, using a five dungeon system is even funnier. Just trying to figure that out now. Got to make five rooms. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but it's also who's playing. Um, like, do you send? Do you guys send your rooms based on what's in the group? Do you put traps now that there's a rogue? Do you not put traps if there is no rogue? That that's how I look at it. And like same thing with magic users for arcana checks, runes, things like that. It, it's just harder to to try to figure out what to throw into that room rather than here you go. Feel that. Feel I that. never think about my party composition, nope. which is bit me in the ass. But it's <laughs> so I do. I you do gotta you gotta think on your feet. Only like, if there's players that have played for a while, like people that I have dealt with, like new players. I don't take consideration, and it's hard for me to remember the beginning when I didn't have the core players. If that you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Interesting to think about. Well, yeah. Sometimes it's nice to when you have like uh, like a ex- couple experienced players in the party. You kind of like as a DM, you get to like kind of shoulder a little responsibility onto them because they nice. can nice they, they can kind of take the reins or like maybe like show a new player like how their hit dice work or something like that or just moving the story along because i know that i mean we keep saying it over and over again but we're blessed to have a great cast of characters but like that that also like the rp so like having an experienced player that also likes to rp like as a dm is nice because i think that's why joe gets has gotten so used to like being able to sit back and just let our like friends it's so go true. because it's just like dude just let it let us talk so and, much yeah i know right like I would just say, like, the the one thing that I liked about what you said about the five-room system is that you could change all of those instances to be RP-based. So it's, like, I really like the idea of having that kind of freedom. Because, like, you could have, like, you could mix it up. You could have, like, you could have it go combat, combat, RP, combat to, like, like just to kind of fuck with them. Or just to keep it lively so that it kind of feels like it's not like a slog or you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, which I, I really like. And I'm definitely going to steal a bunch of this shit now. I mean, it's good. It's good stuff. I, uh, John, you I have anything you want to add? I was going to say any, any last minute points we want to go through the list of people. Anything? Well, I was just going to add, turns out I now have Friday content. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's always awesome. Anything you guys want to like, anything that really helps your prep sessions that we haven't talked about yet that didn't fall in one of those categories? Yeah, I do. Um, circling quickly back to dungeons. If you, if for some reason you think that like designing a dungeon is daunting, just go find one online. There are literally hundreds. Don't like fill it with things that are unique to you. But like, as like I've gotten like more years into DMing, the less I'm like really focusing in on like, it's like, okay, let's make the dungeon like really specific, design every corner, every crap. Like, it's honestly, you're, you're going to save yourself so much stress and headaches just by finding what's out there and not worrying about it because your players won't at all. They're, they're not going to sit there and critique your dungeon design. Um, the other thing is, is like, I like to incorporate music and I think it's a good, ha- having it there is something that helps also move the session along it's it's not so much dead awkward air so like if you know because if they stop talking they'll maybe uh you have like tavern music playing in the background that kind of like adds to the ambiance and i've just noticed that it helps quite a bit and i you know personally love music so why not but yeah I'll, I'll i'll agree that like even just creating the dungeons i've I've bought a couple of apps now that are just make your own dungeons and it's pretty self-explanatory. There's a huge learning curve and it's really arty and it's great to, you know, work on a, just a single room and it looks great, but this could have saved me three hours of time to just go to roll 20, type in mine and download what I just created. That's I will idea. agree that 
I've been looking into using music and battle music and other aspects of just like trigger music. This way here, like, oh, the party's been talking. I'm just going to turn this up slightly. And with online play, uh, Roll Twenty lets you implement it pretty cool. Yeah, I've never seen it. So that's they let you put they let you put soundtracks in. They do. I thought you had to buy everything. That's um, I'm pretty sure you can upload. I haven't messed with it yet, but there's a couple also applications that'll let you load through your audio output. Um, okay. So it basically it takes over your mic and adds your music into it. I say we all gonna, just find the same song and hit play at the exact same time. I'm not going <laughs> to. Right, that too. You could do that. Two. I'm not going to name names because they're not <laughs> wait, giving wait, me wait, money. Go on one. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say one more thing in terms of like prepping. A lot of my prep, especially early, early on, is me scrolling Reddit. What, is, what have other people done? What do people do? I know John can probably speak to this. <laughs> oh, man, I love Reddit. And if any of you guys read Reddit, you're going to know half of my plot. But <laughs> It's great. Stay off yeah. those subreddits. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just read read anything. I mean, yeah. I got all my stuff from books and fantasy stuff I read. Like most, I, It was funny when John said he was doing Ravnica. I mean, I read a lot of Ravnica books. Like, just I enjoyed the Guild Pack. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the Planeswalker series. And Jason and Tezzeret are huge huge aspects so it's i mean you could pull your lore from anywhere but just read nobody knows where you're stealing from it's easy one thing i want to talk about was my best session plan was definitely when we did the multi-dm sessions in pennsylvania like working with aj to build build the the puzzles and working with you joe to build the 10-man session that was it was so interesting literally working hand in hand with somebody else to build a, a dm session i I don't know. Felt in, felt unique, if that makes sense. Teamwork, baby. Teamwork does make that dream work. But I don't know about that one, but I know the one where you guys ran two sessions at once. One was upstairs, one was downstairs. I that missed that too. one. That was too. I was some. Yeah, I was somehow can't. the only player that was going that was getting transported between the two. So I had to run I think upstairs. That was the first That's time like I played with you, John. Classic Carnegie. It might. I mean, you're not wrong there, least, but yeah. it's just like why? <laughs> That's funny. Um, I think but yeah, I, did you want to recap the uh, the charity stream that we just finished? Successful charity yeah, stream? Yeah, so today? Sure. AJ, take it away. Yeah, uh, so last Saturday we had our charity stream for Neurodiverse Gaming, and the idea was is that it was a, if you've been listening, we I think we mentioned that on our last podcast, but it was a, dunge- a mega dungeon that me, John, no, sorry, me, Joe, and JT both made level 20 characters and then just started to go through this mega dungeon and was fighting everything in our way. However, we the charity part comes in where we had our friends and random viewers on Twitch could donate to Neurodiverse Gaming and it would directly contribute a monster or a trap or an item at any time during the fight. And I just kind of want to get everyone's reaction because... First and foremost, it was fucking chaos. That was it was like, terribly fun. I never played a level twenty character like that, but I never thought they could die. Oh lordy, I was wrong. Oh, so wrong. <laughs> I, I was like, I got a million wild shapes. I'll be fine. And people have a lot of money for meteor storms. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Yeah, that when they realized they could pay for spells, we were doomed. That yeah, was, literally the <laughs> or when they thought- to the second room. It took us away. Yeah, it, we, we died. We, we, I died. Like four what hours. was my kill count? I had to have died like eight times. I think. I, you I kept know. going down. Like, Dude, almost, have, it, are you sure you did your hit points right? Because yeah, I was I talking about this you, before, I, huh? I did. I think really. I was, yeah. I, What's your? What do you get for a hit? What, what do you, I was what at ninety one. That seems so low for level twenty. I was a wizard. I was at like one hundred and sixty. <laughs> like, no comp. Yeah, 
Oh, I have a count of like four. Still though, but but yeah, it, I mean, it was a lot of fun. Uh, a few things that I think we would change going into it next year because we're definitely going to do this every year regardless because it was just that much fun. Uh, but yeah, Joe, what do we want to change again? Lots of things, but I'd like to hear what John as the other side of the perspective. Oh yeah, I was about to say, don't count me out like I wasn't there because I was on the other side in the chat room, we were swiping my you. credit card multiple times, throwing things at you. Um, it 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 was hilarious just watching your guys' reaction, knowing that you couldn't see the most of the chats and just with the things that were thrown at you. Um, unfortunately, we kind of you know went over the CR in the room because we all just started paying everything at once. So I guess the rules were broken slightly, but you guys still managed to survive. Every every time I was mad about a reeling, someone's like, someone paid for this. I was like, damn it. Yep. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Can't fight the donation. (laughs) And it all sucks because it all went south as soon as like, Hey, can we just like pay to throw Machi in there? Which is the most broken character. Any of you have all dealt with or created. And then you, Joe says the bright idea of, all right, then I'm going to control personer. And one of us goes swipe credit card. You don't so mad i was so mad i was like this is gonna be great i'm gonna have my own machi robot like (laughs) lessons learned i'll stun you we actually have a better i have a plan for next time a new plan (laughs) yeah what do you have let's hear no i don't want to tell them we know you know i've talked oh okay we'll we'll do it we'll do it off off camera that's fine (laughs) fair enough yeah Um, chat next year we're coming for you (laughs) should be good so anyway that's another West March Guys podcast. You can check us out on Twitter. I'm trying. I've been so busy, but I am trying to be, keep up with it. Yeah, you can check us out on Instagram. Uh, I am still slowly posting things that are slightly funny. So come check us out. Follow us. And yeah. Facebook, it exists. And email. Come, t- come talk to us. And the West March Guys at gmail.com. I'm, it's there if you guys oh, ever yeah. want it, but I'm trying to push to Facebook because I feel like it's more interactive. So who emails? Come- yeah, who emails really? That was my my desperate attempt when we did our first panel. I was like, oh God, people might want to talk to us. And we got like one. I still love it. Classic. Terrifying. Real. Um, anyway. And I realize now we need to make sure John is starting to take care of something. So I was about to say, I don't know exactly what's left. I am not making a West March guy Snapchat. I'm you not. Do it. Oh, that's you, just, you, said you just it. signed yourself, yourself up, up for it. That's what you did, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep, right right well, you guys can check us out on Snapchat at, at the West March guys. Uh, we'll John will be right we'll make, We have to make sure that actually exists. Oh, uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, don't, I'm gonna, don't snap it. I mean, you can snap it now, but we're not sure. I'm going to make sure I take it right now so it already exists. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so for we, There's no way we can buy them out. Yes, thank you guys. We love Stay you guys. safe out there.